0: I felt like, you know, it was like mi gente, you know, like my people, it always felt that way. Um, Here, it was really challenging for me growing up um, because in the 70s, like I was born in 73, there weren't as many biracial children where I grew up. And so I was called the N-word at school and also in my own family um, makeup, I, my, my stepfather raised me, so Mexican stepfather, Mexican mother and stepfather. And so in my home, I was the only black person in my home. So that was challenging as well. I didn't really feel welcome. And so then also in the industry that I work in, for me, I, I've been told I don't look black enough to play black roles. And so I've only played Latino.
1: What is your favorite season both here and in Mexico? Favorite season as far as weather? Yep.
2: Oh, well, my favorite season here is, of course, summer. And I think that's what influenced us about going to uh, Mexico because it's summer every day. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so uh, we're both beach lovers, man. So it's got to be summer for me. How about you? And in Mexico? Uh, The whole year. (laughs) But you know, I'll say no, I'll say uh, uh, winter in Mexico is the best because summers are extremely hot and humid out there.
0: And, and one thing that drives me nuts is also summer is mosquito season in Mexico. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I am like the queen of insect repellent. <laughs> <laughs> she is. I will not leave the house, especially in the evening, without dousing myself with bug spray. Um, so, yes, yeah, same answer as Terry. I love summer here in California and winter in Mexico.
2: Is that why you're here right now? No, we came back for our daughter's graduation, and our other daughter uh, had our twenty first birthday, yeah. so we we came back to, to to you know support and be there, be here for them.
0: Yeah, it's been a, a two weeks of celebrating and busy, busy running, running, going.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: but we're headed we're headed back to Mexico on on Tuesday morning in a couple of days. And we'll be there for a long hot summer.
2: <laughs> we'll be there all summer. <laughs>
0: but we're one block away from the beach, so we're excited about that. So yeah. that's that's a good thing. It
2: makes it perfect. Mm-hmm.
1: And you guys live in Playa del Carmen, right? That's correct. Yes. Quintana Which is a great. lovely place. I've Amazing. been to it many times. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to get back. We
0: can't wait. We're like, please let us go home.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Seriously.
1: So tell me before you guys decided to move. Just give me a little background about you, your careers, and just how everything was going until you decided forget the United States, we're out of here. Well, I made a joke.
2: We we, we would go down there um, for vacation um for a couple of years and uh Carmen already had uh uh what do you call like a timeshare I think she had a timeshare out there for many years before I was in the picture. And so one time we was out there I just made a joke about we should just move here because it was the weather was great it was 10 o'clock at night and probably like 80 degrees and the the breeze was blowing and so um i just threw it out there i was just playing around so it's like, on tape it's on tape like
0: it you yeah. got that on tape it's what on did tape. you say you said
2: i said what do you think you said what
0: no you said are we doing this?" are we doing or this yeah, like yeah, that, yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah and, uh, and i
0: said doing what what are we doing
2: and i said moving here and she said are you for real? Are you serious?" <laughs> And I said, yeah, <laughs> something like that.
0: Because the way he said it, he knows if he says something to me,
2: it's in motion.
0: I'm gonna make it happen. Yep, that's just me. Yeah, like what do you want? You tell me what you want. Let's make it happen. It's gonna happen. And yeah. so when he answered, yeah. it's on tape. He said, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So that's what happened. But uh, you know, but I couldn't really deny uh, the energy there. That uh, the calmness that. I believe we both felt about the about the state and the city and uh, the happiness it brought to us. And so if we could make a way to make it happen, then we should explore it. So that's that's what happened. And we both, you know, I'm a writer and director and she's an actor and and life coach. So it wasn't anything that was totally keeping us here um, for the moment so uh, we could explore. that degree of happiness, if that's what we want to do. So that's what happened. Um, That's how we got there.
1: How did you two meet?
2: Oh boy,
0: (laughs) We met on an online dating app.
2: (laughs) We met in a dating app in 2016. uh, And then after we dated, uh, we dated a little off and on throughout the years. But when we first started dating, I realized we had actually met in 2011 uh, at a club or a bar in Hollywood. And um, we were talking for about 20 minutes at the bar, and then she had to leave. She had to fly back to uh, New Mexico, it's where she was living at the time. And um, I didn't get her number or anything. And um, and one of my friends asked me, why not? And I was like, well, you know, she lives in New Mexico, and I, don't, I wasn't trying to entertain any long-distance stuff. And uh, I said, I, you know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And then five years later, I, well, I didn't know it was her on a dating app, but... We connected on the dating app, and then I realized I was like, "Oh, you were at the bar that night at the room." She said, "Yeah." I was like, "So."
0: Because when I left, and his friend said that he went back home and he googled me. I sure did. (laughs) I sure did. I sure did. He was like, "You know, I think that woman looks like the woman in Breaking Bad." And he
2: he googled
0: me and was like, "It is her."
2: And I I was like, "This." I said, should have got our number.
1: <laughs> Which, by but, the way, is probably one of the best shows that has been on television. Yeah, Breaking yeah. Bad. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree, it's, it's fantastic.
0: I feel very blessed to have been a part of that, that whole show from beginning to end. I was in the pilot episode, And also I was in the second to last episode, Vince Gilligan brought me back. It brought all the characters who were still alive (laughs) back (laughs) to kind of, you know, culminate (laughs) the whole series. It was pretty cool. Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. And for those who may not remember Carmen, tell us you played.
0: Uh, Assistant principal Carmen Molina at the school where Walter White worked. So I was Walt's boss. Last time, second to last time y'all saw me in the series, uh, Walt was trying to kiss me (laughs) and I put a stop to it. And then I fired him. And it's so funny because when I read the script, I was like, that's it for me. (laughs)
3: And,
0: And I knew somebody who was building sets and he said, no, no, no. We just built your entire office because this is the first time, you know, this was actually even the first time I had a last name. Because always from the beginning, I was just Principal Carmen. And so they made my plaque, Carmen Molina, and they made my whole office. They built everything. And he was like, no, 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 we just built an entire office. I said, y'all going to tear it down as soon as we're done. <laughs> because if Walt is not at the school, why are you going to the school? And so I, I knew. So I had a lot of fun that on the filming of that last episode. There were a lot of funny outtakes between brian cranston and i because i was like i'm not gonna be here so you know whatever <laughs> you <laughs> he should've... tried he tried to kiss me and i was like i let him one take <laughs> rolling around on the couch and my skirt went up and you can see my spanks and it was hilarious
2: they should have wrote in that you
1: were selling meth then you could have yeah. came back then i
0: could have came back i yeah. mean come on yeah we should have had terry writing on yeah. the show there we go there you go, <laughs> there you
1: go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you you, kind, you both kind of met in a modern way and the old school way yes, yes definitely we did. yeah that's a good way of putting that yep out yep.
0: a bar and online Yep.
1: yeah that's <laughs> how that's how we knew
2: it was real
0: <laughs> fakes yep
1: yep and so what made the decision that you guys were gonna not only move to a foreign country but also document every aspect of it
0: that that was this guy you know like first moving to a foreign country that was a little challenging for me even though he thought that it would be a lot easier for me because i'm just a travel lover i i need to be gone all the time Mm -hmm. you know a month or two goes by and i'm here i'm like (gasps) i'm shaking because i need to get out of here and everybody who knows me knows this about me and so um when Terry and I started to get serious, I, you know, we had a talk about travel. Like this was a deal breaker for me. If you can't travel, we can't be together. <laughs> you know? If you can't make this like we can do it on a budget. It doesn't have to be this extravagant thing. I'm very frugal. I know how to make my money stretch. I'm an actor, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it hasn't been, it's not always, you know, you're not always working. So you know how to make your money stretch. So I was like, it's not, we don't have to do five star. I just need to be out of here. Like even little trips, you know, here and there. So he was down.
2: And I made and- it easier when I heard it didn't have to be five star or nothing. I was like, oh, okay, well, I can... I can jump on board with that. Yeah, you know, so. yeah,
0: and I think it's even more fun that way. Honestly, we get to really discover things in ways that other people don't. When you're staying in a resort, you're a five-star, you're doing all this, you don't get to experience the culture and the people <laughs> and look for the hidden gems. You know, we, we go out there, we hit the ground running, and we just look for all the little – we get to communicate with – the locals and find out, you know, well, where's the best and cheapest place to do this and that. And it's it's accessible, you know, travel is accessible to us. I say us as in like black and brown people too, you know, it's rare that we get to see the world like this. And so that was one of the um, the reasons, the catalyst for doing this show, kind of our show, I say the show, because that's, you know, kind of what we're creating. Yeah, for sure. Um, but but it was actually Terry, uh, you know, people think, because I'm an actor, I'm super comfortable with a camera being in my face and could not be further from the truth. He he just started shoving a camera in my face. For me, when, when I work, I'm playing a character, right? Like hair, makeup, wardrobe, that's the characters, not mine. That's all, you know, I, I read, I read some lines, I study a character, I'm playing a character. So exposing myself to everyone was something very different. I wasn't as comfortable with that. And, um, you know, for years, people would say to me, I... I I I wear a lot of hats. I do makeup, you know, like I'm a hustler. Like I say, I'm an actor. So (laughs) instead of waiting tables, I was doing makeup behind the scenes. You know, I'm life coach and I'm doing all the stuff. But people would always ask me, you know, like, why don't you do a tutorial or do this? You should do some videos, you know, and like uh, uh, self-help, you know, type of things. And I was just never comfortable with it. And one day we're in Mexico and Terry just pulled out, I think it was his phone at the time and just shoved it in my face. I'm just walking down the street, no makeup, sweating, <laughs> you know, sweat. Yeah. It's so the sweaty. Perfect time to whip it's out a exactly camera. Perfect. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> and he just started talking. And so I was talking.
2: Yeah. I threw, threw it in, in the deep end early. He know.
0: really did. He just threw me, he pushed me in. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: And, um, and it, I have to say it has helped me so much. I didn't even realize that it would help me to be comfortable in front of the camera in ways and even comfortable with myself. Like looking at it back, I remember the first time he edited a video and I'm watching it and he looked at me and he said, are you okay? And um, I said, why are you asking me that? And he said, he knows me so well. And he was like, are you dissecting how you look or, you know, whatever. And listen, I'm a life coach. And one of the areas of expertise of mine is (laughs) self-love. And so, and I'm also an actor, right? And I've also been told I needed to lose 20 pounds for a role. You know, I've also been told I'm too big or, you know, this is not the look we're going for or whatever. So I've learned also how, that I need to be critical sometimes with myself. So these are all kind of habits, uh, patterns to break, and they're hard. And so he looked at me. He said, "Are you okay?" And I was, you know, going like, "Oh my god!" You know, I've gained fifteen pounds because it was after the pandemic, too. Yeah, you know, everybody so gained
1: fifteen pounds yeah.
0: at least. Yeah. You know, I was like twenty. I was pushing twenty. I'm being real nice to myself <laughs> right now. It's like fifteen. <laughs> no, it was like twenty, <laughs> but. It was what it was you know like you said everybody did and and even if everybody didn't it's okay it's really okay you know i am who i am i'm a human being um first and um and i started to he's helped me with this whole channel the channel has helped me to just be much more comfortable with myself the way i am not having to you know dissect and and you know the way we do especially women and especially in this industry so it's helped me a, a lot and to be able to share what we're doing and to kind of you know show other people who look like us who you know um who maybe don't have a ton of money to, that travel is accessible it, that's been really wonderful and we even met some people in mexico who you can tell about it which one um well Several. Who moved there. Yeah, we've
2: been we've we've been uh there have been a few times we've been out and we've got to recognize from our channel and both time two well it's been four or five times but two of the people uh said that we inspired them to move there, which was pretty crazy because they that means they were watching videos before we even had moved there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because we moved there because we we shot we was there last summer uh, last summer uh, for for a month or so and. shot our vacation but just shot uh but we we were taken to different excursions we 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 went to or you know going to the grocery store it's just different stuff but we weren't we we hadn't moved there yet so they saw those videos and were inspired so that was uh that added like a layer of responsibility that we didn't know that we kind of had um with the channel so which is cool you know but you know you just got to be careful about what you put out there you know and (laughs) and put out some good stuff because you don't want to Send people down the wrong path or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, and be honest with it, you know, about about living there, you know. So
1: tell me kind of the difference of living in America versus living in Mexico and kind of how you're treated. Okay. Well, I'm 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 primarily I'm just black. I'm I'm
2: an American, you know, saying i black male, um for sure living there um i don't really feel i guess uh racism like uh like it is in america i don't you know i definitely know i'm in a foreign land um and i definitely i definitely have received looks but it's not it's more out of curiosity i believe um it's not because they you know believe whatever kind of i don't know i mean but you know it's different in here it's different than here. Um, I don't have the, the stress of being a, a black male down there as well. Um, which I, you know, immediately got coming back here, mm-hmm. um, you know, and noticing, you know, uh, police are noticing different looks when, you know, it's not out of curiosity. It might be from a fear place. So I've noticed that, um, and it's crazy because in Mexico, like you know, they have secure, they have um, the army and um, the police, and they roll around with big old oh, AK-47s or whatever. You don't even think twice about it because that's just how they roll down there, uh, as far as how they secure their people. But yeah, just here, just but they're it, not scary. They're not scary. Well, the first time you do see yeah, a, yeah. a big AK in your face, you're like, I mean,
0: they're holding them like they're just out there. And
2: that's a really but what a with a grenade launcher on it. Exactly. Is <laughs> so that a grenade launcher? What the hell? <laughs> it looks just like Call of Duty. <laughs> that's how it really looks. <laughs> but yeah, but coming back here, you know, immediately it, it, uh, you feel it. Uh, and you know, it's not it's not a bad thing, but it's just something that you notice. It's just another um uh, uh, thing on the radar that I that is not on my radar down there. Um uh, so yeah, that's how I feel about it.
0: For me, um, I'm Afro Latina. Uh, my father is black. My mother is Mexican, and um, and also mixed. Like her mother's Mexican. My grandmother was born in Jalisco, Mexico, and my grandfather was white. And uh, for me, it, it when whenever I have been in Mexico since I was a child, I always felt comfortable. I always felt welcomed. I always felt very comfortable. Um, I felt like, you know, it was like mi gente, you know, like my people. It always felt that way. Um, Here, it was really challenging for me growing up um, because in the 70s, like I was born in 73, there weren't as many biracial children where I grew up. And so I was called the N-word at school and also in my own family um, makeup, I, my, my, my stepfather raised me. So Mexican stepfather, Mexican mothers and stepfather. And so in my home, I was the only black person in my home. So that was challenging as well. I didn't really feel welcome. And so then also in the industry that I work in, for me, I've been told I don't look black enough. To play black roles, and so I've only played Latina roles. Which again, for not again, but for me, I know the the this industry that I work in is um, is a world of make believe. And so if I want to work in it, then I you know at the times that they asked me to lose weight or the times that they said you know my size six was way too big, right? And I knew a size six is like a normal thin size, Um, this is the world of make-believe that I choose to work in, and they have their own rules, and this is what this is, and so I just, you know, was part of it, and so I've only played, not only, I've been able to play a couple of roles that were mixed race, which were great, or just, you know, really didn't talk about it as much, but, but kind of ambiguous, which was great for me. Uh and so in in Mexico, my Spanish isn't the best. Um I try. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's okay.
2: It's okay. Listen. They
0: always say, No, tu español es muy perfecto," And I'm like, <laughs> give me a second and I will F it up. <laughs> Just give me a second. Almost oh, we'll mess it all
2: up. We would not have survived if she didn't know how to speak. <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> but in playa, you don't really even need to speak Spanish because most people speak English. You're fine. But um, but I've experienced a lot of.
3: You <laughs> <he> said no. <laughs>
0: I've experienced a lot of patience, you know, with my Spanish um, there. My mm-hmm. Spanish has gotten better here. Um, I'll tell you the biggest difference for me here, and I don't know if it's you know for me the way I experience it, um, being that it's racial, but looks wise here. I always feel the pressure of having to look good, right? Like, um, put makeup on or, or, you know, wear clothes that are flattering to my body. And, um, I guess having the idea that it's just, it feels like pressure. It just feels like pressure, you know, what bag you're wearing, you know, what car you're driving. And for many years, I've tried to just let it go. Like I drive a beat up ass Jeep and, you know, one of the windows doesn't really go up. (laughs) I don't have any air because I like travel every year. You know what I mean? That's my priority and not my car. But I still feel the pressure, you know, it's not like I'm going to just roll up. To somewhere in that car, you know, where everybody like I, I just feel pressure, and out there, and and the weight, you know, like when I had gained all that weight, I felt like shame, you know, like, and I didn't want to show myself, and and so when we were there, every time we were there, I there's just there's a freedom, there's such a freedom in just being who you are and I mean I can't I can count the you know the number of times I, I washed my hair and like actually brushed my hair out in you know like a month you know and it's like in here it's like every day make sure the curls are right you know make sure I don't have knots in my hair I can't just wear it in a in a funnel all day can i of course i can and for the most part i do but if i'm going out like in public there's just a pressure there i think for most women you know and and men it's like having to present yourself in a way that is kind of i don't know the standard here you know and so out there it's not that it feels so free it's so nice i never wear makeup (laughs) I wear whatever. And it's just, um, nobody looks at you sideways. Nobody cares what kind of car you drive. Nobody would ever even ask. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't take my Gucci bag out there. (laughs) Like, I'm like, needs a Gucci bag out here. Um, Everything is, is simple. It's simple. It just feels good. Like, really good.
1: And how much of that pressure do you think is, you know, Los Angeles and the industry? How much of it do you think it's like American society? Where do you think that pressure comes from? I think it's um,
2: American society. I mean, it, it might be, you know, more under a magnifying glass here in Los Angeles. But I think that's American society. As far as um, capitalism and, and, and material materialism and wanting stuff like yeah, it's funny, I came when I came back, I was on Amazon, I was looking through my cart, uh, items I had in my cart before I left. And there were things, you know, from like maybe January and last year. And I'm like, I don't even need this stuff. Like, what? why did I, why was I even considering buying that? Because, you know, you get that dopamine rush of just new stuff, you know? And out there, it's just, it's just, um, it's like she said, it's just freeing. But yeah, I, I, I definitely think that um, it's an American mindset, you know, as far as, have a nice car, wearing nice clothes, going, you know, um, buying a house. You can always tell the people who, you can always tell the Americans out there because, you know, they're always out there wearing some super brand name stuff and got on their super nice tennis shoes. And, you know, I'm an old sneakerhead. She's a sneakerhead too, but it's like we wear flip flops and, and. Listen,
0: we're like. I can't believe Tank. like we bought Crocs
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we just bought Tevas like like a couple of months and I'm like oh my god like this Tank it's tops. comfort yep. you know it's just practical and what Terry was talking about like consumerism too it's like you know out here our apartments are like packed with stuff like we're in uh, my girlfriend's apartment right now because our apartment our daughter has taken over so we're honoring boundaries <laughs> We're not staying there right now. Um, And so, but packed with stuff, you know, just stuff, stuff that we couldn't let go of, stuff that, you know, you think you need in life. And when we were leaving, we took literally like 200 pounds of clothes and shoes that I had to donate or to like, at first try to sell, like we took it to secondhand, you know, stuff or whatever. And then just donated. I gave my family members a lot of stuff, um, stuff even with tags on it. It's kind of ridiculous, you know, how much stuff mm-hmm. we consume, how much stuff we have out here, how much stuff we think we need. And then when we were moving, it was like two suitcases, you know, that's it. We're taking two suitcases. So it really puts things into perspective. But then when we got there, the simplicity of the place, it's like we have way too much stuff even in these two suitcases.
2: Yeah, we sure I do.
0: Why do we have all this stuff? Like we have sent stuff back
3: mm-hmm.
0: and we don't need it. you are it, It's so um, surprising and almost shocking
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, when you look at what you need and also what keeps you feeling free and simple. And it, it just feels like a weight lifted off. When I got rid of all that stuff and we took, I still have it too much, still have way too much, but it feels simple. And, you know, again, when Terry was talking about the, his stuff in the cart here out there, we're like, mm, mm-mm, too much, too much. It's, just, it's a dip. It's so different when we're out there. We're like, mm, don't buy that. Oh, where are we going to put it? Mm, how are we going to take it back? Oh, that just feels like a weight. If we don't need it, we right. don't get it.
2: Like I legit probably wear like rotational like three pair of shorts and probably like ten t shirts and tank tops and and probably I I probably yeah I probably have more swimming trunks that I do shorts out there because yeah. we're always in yeah bathing suits yeah. and stuff like that. And the so.
0: only reason it's like ten tank tops is not because he's trying to be fashionable. It's just because he sweats like a sweat yeah. hog.
2: So- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't get multiple wears out of that stuff. I, I, like here, I can get multiple wear out of anything, except, except for my underwear, of course. <laughs> but, but everything else, you know, I can go a few wears. But out there, as soon as you step out the house, you're sweating. And it's, it's, a, it's a wrap, so.
1: There is kind of this, uh, I don't know, Terry, if I ever, I forget who I tell, but I lived in Denmark when I was a teenager, like 13 oh, I think to you 18. Did tell me that. So, and there was kind of this, like, shift, where, you know before, you know I, I had a racist teacher when I was in kindergarten, so mm-hmm. I knew about how I was gonna be treated. So all throughout my first go in the United States, it was like, all right, I'm a black kid with a white dad, mm-hmm. and then I get to this foreign country, which I'm thinking it's gonna be the same because Denmark is yes. mostly white people. But none of when I told them that, they had no idea what I was talking about. They were like, so which one of who's Danish on your family? And I'd be like, nobody. It's like, okay, so where are you from? And I say, okay, I'm from Chicago, the United States. They go, oh, so you're an American. Right. And so it was kind of the first time. It's kind of this perspective shift when you get outside of the U.S. to like, oh, I am an American. Like that's mm-hmm. how everybody sees me. Yep. And but did not- you have any of that kind of like identity shift when you moved? I, I
2: did actually, and and um and you're and you're you are right. They when they when they ask for you where you're from or what what are you? They want to know if you're American or not. And and, and I I've taken. I mean I, I I love being American. You know what I'm saying like I've done my genealogy and my family goes back to the 1700s. So I don't get it. Don't get no more American than than me. You know what I'm saying. So I, <laughs> I, I don't I don't shame and run away from that. You know what I'm saying I, it, have we have some problems? Of course. But you know saying this is our land just as much as this is their land, you know what I mean? So no, but I, um, I definitely no, I definitely have noticed, uh, that's how I identify myself as uh, being from the States. I don't even say America is like, we're still in America and in Mexico, you know what I'm saying? it's North Central and South America. So I, I probably say I'm from the States for sure.
0: And it, I just think that's so interesting what you said Because, you know, in other countries, you are considered American, but when you're here, it doesn't feel that way. And um, it's never, it's never truly like when I talked about in the, like my childhood, not feeling like I belonged outside the home and even inside the home, like, you know, not feeling this sense of belonging, like this sense of these are my people. It's um, it's challenging, you know, especially when you're not embraced in the country where you're from and then you go to other countries and you feel more embraced and more, uh, you know, accepted. It's uh, it's really interesting. And it makes it makes you I don't know, it makes me personally feel a little mm, kind of bitter, you know, about about being here.
1: At least for me, it was, you know, I was living there and there are things about home that I would miss, but I also wish that I had the same like attachment to it when I was there. Mm. Okay. Little like weird things like uh, peanut butter was a big <laughs> thing that I
2: missed. Yes, yeah, so we just bought some peanut We We bought some almond butter to take back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there are those little things, you know, yeah. there are those little things that you miss. And so we have like three bags full of food type items that yeah. we're taking back with us because you know out there you can find it because we're not like deep in the heart of Mexico you know we're still in a place where there's a lot of Americans a lot of tourists so there's a lot of um, import export stuff but it's really expensive yes. marked up very marked up um, I have issues with my digestion so I'm trying not to have a lot of sugar so I want to have like date syrup So like here I can find date syrup for $4 for a bottle and out there it was like 13. So I was like, okay, loading up on date syrup. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We're loading up on almond butter. Cause out there it's like 13, 14. It's still expensive here, but not as, you know, much as over there, just little like specialty things, just specialty things that are really accessible here. I mean, we have access to everything here, everything like, We are some consumers.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we are. You you don't realize until until you leave, like how much. And
0: we have access to every kind of fruit all year round. Like, that's not normal. (laughs) That's not normal anywhere else in the world, right? (laughs) It's like it's what's in season Mm. anywhere else. Here, we have access to everything all the time, twenty four hours a day. We have access. And, um, so it, it makes you want to, you know, I could, I, you know, I would wake up in the middle of the night shopping, you know, like <laughs> and, you know, receive a package in the morning. And I'm like, what the hell did I do last
2: night? Yeah. And Amazon out there is not like here, like it takes about a week or two weeks to get your stuff in Amazon sometimes. So you get to make a decision. Do you mm-hmm. really, <laughs> do you really want that? Because it's no,
1: you know, there's no telling when you're going to get it <laughs> for sure. When you're here, you kind of feel that like, I gotta hustle like, you know, I'm an actor. I gotta to hustle to get to get that next gig. I'm a director, I gotta to hustle to make it to that next step, especially being a director. You're like, I gotta take that next step in my career and like it's like a limited time frame. Has living in Mexico kind of either altered your perspective on it or changed kind of the way you see your career wanting to go a little bit? I
2: will say that um it's put it in perspective like as soon as I got off the plane I, I admittedly felt the hustle, the hustle and bustle um the keeping up with the Joneses the uh, you know uh feeling like I'm behind um but, uh, I felt that immediately um but out there I, I this was the first time I was able to and it took me about four about five weeks to decompress totally um, when we moved out there um and that was the first time I was able to like uh, totally free my mind and not because um, i always have to have stimulation you know, especially I'm at, the, at the beach or something i usually have music or a podcast going or you know i'm always got something going on um there's stimulation here, here yeah and even out there sometimes uh, out there like sometimes. Well, yeah but then there was one time we was out there and i just was totally cool with just the quietness and uh, and um i guess nature and that helped my mind mm-hmm. Exhale <laughs> for the first time, I think, ever in life. And um, it made me really comfortable with the path I'm on. And it's not, it's not, a, um, I'm not on anybody's time timetable as far as like where I should be or where I'm at. Um, this experience is, I'm getting experiences that I can be able to put into my work that I could not have uh, received in this rat race here. And I'm not not going to what it is here. That's, that's just what it is. But um, and I've done it for 20 years. So I was like this, this is my time to to um, rejuvenate my, my soul, my creativity and um, and be better um, than, you know, than I've ever been. So, you know, that place has been a, a very, very good place for me as far as, as a, a serious reboot to my soul, to my brain my creativity and even though i did feel it coming back here there was no pressure to to really jump back on it just like i can see it now and i i can recognize it now i'm like okay that's what it is and that's cool but i i have a path and i'm very comfortable <laughs> you know <laughs> and i appreciate
0: i love hearing that thank you that, yeah i i i love seeing him i saw it when it happened it was like two times mm-hmm. One of the times we were in um, Bacalar. It's, it's, uh, it's a little city in Mexico in Quintana Roo that they call the Maldives of Mexico. And it is stunning, just stunning. And he was swinging on a hammock. And I looked over and there was no podcast playing and there was no music and he didn't have headphones in. And I said, oh, you're just you? <laughs> like, this is just you yeah. doing you? And he said... so relaxed. It's, it's, you know, he's constantly going here, especially here, you know, and how he said he's always stimulated, even when he's showering, he's listening to a podcast, there's always something going on. And he's always learning and feeding his brain. And, you know, what's next, what's next. And that's how it um, has been for me here, you know, like, you go somewhere, you're out, at a gathering or whatever and so it's like what's the next project what's going on what you got going on and it's like "Ugh, you know nothing
2: <laughs> yep
0: nothing and you feel like such a loser like you have to make up something you know <laughs> what i mean and um for years i was you know i'm like get comfortable carmen just get comfortable with you know just i'm enough like just me like just working on me, you know, I'm just working on me. I'm taking some time. I, you know, I kind of like being a little bit bigger. You know what I mean? Like I like having a little weight on my hips. My husband likes it too. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: For those who are listening, uh, Terry is uh, wiggling his eyebrows.
0: <laughs> um, you know, I'm like, what does, where do I like to be? What does, how do you, how am i without all that pressure how how what does my body look like what do i feel like what does my face look like what how, what how does you know all of this feel and so it feels nice without you know that pressure i love love acting it's not it's not the end of that for me i just don't know right right now i'm just really enjoying the simplicity of being. And also, um, you know, I, like we said before, I'm a life coach. And um, I'm also a a psilocybin guide. (laughs) That's a whole other (laughs) whole we can, you know, talk about one day. But um, so a spiritual guide in that regard. And, um, and then just, you know, looking at what's real, You know, what's real and what really is meaningful in life is very different than, you know, um, than what the focus is on here oftentimes. So it's been it's been wonderful being able to explore that without the pressure, because here it's like you're hustling, hustling, hustling. Why? Just to pay your rent. That's that's why you're hustling you know, just to pay rent mm-hmm. or a mortgage if you're blessed enough to buy a million dollar home that's just regular in a regular neighborhood. And it's a million dollars and it's two bedrooms. You know what I mean? It's like back in the day, you know, we thought a million dollars, that's a mansion. Not anymore.
2: You Not LA. It's Not an apartment, yeah. you know, really. <laughs> it's
0: like, it's an apartment. Yeah. And it's like I said, maybe two bedrooms. So it's, uh, it's different in other parts of the country. It's doesn't, that pressure is not there. You know, you can live, you can actually live, not just survive in other places without having to bust your ass to do it. And, um, and it feels good. It feels really good.
1: One of the things that I've accidentally fallen into is consulting with people as they start their youtube channels and one of the things that i tell them is a kind of what you're doing already which is like kind of dig into who you are before Mm -hmm. you start just like hit and record but also B, have somebody who you're giving lessons to Mm -hmm. because youtube is a grind if you let it and if you're doing it for kind of all the same metrics as the film industry you know i got it in the next thing, and I got to get this many followers and this many views, yeah. you will burn out very, very fast. Mm-hmm. But if you kind of have somebody who you're giving lessons to, who you're helping along, that kind of helps you keep that energy going because you're not doing it just for yourself. Right. So, I guess the question is have you found that person who you're giving lessons to?
2: I think with our YouTube channel, we're giving uh, lessons. To people who are curious about travel and who are curious about, specifically, uh, Mexico, Kitana Roo, um, like I said, we've had two people say we inspired them to to move out there, and that's crazy. Like They were from the States. Well, I think one was from Texas, and the other one was from, was she from Atlanta or Chicago or something like that? And um, Black so, folks. Black people, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was... It's so flattering and so humbling to, for somebody to say that to you. That's why I said there was an extra layer of responsibility that we, uh, that was uncovered during those conversations, as far as like how we present ourselves and how we present the, the information about uh, Playa del Carmen, which has been a, a town that we both love, you know. So um, I think that's the that's who we're going for with that.
0: Well, for me, it's a little bit different. Okay. Um, well, me, you oh, yeah, know, nice also question. being a life coach, mm-hmm. right? Like, I I want to lead by example. I, I want to. I'm also a mom. I have to lead by example. I've learned that in my life and in the lives of my children. And they're all grown now, and they're amazing human beings. And, um, you know, for me, again, like how I shared earlier, if I... If I want to teach being comfortable with yourself, if I want to teach self-love, then it begins here, right? And so it's like showing all of it, you know, just showing all of it. I don't go to the bathroom and fix my face up before the camera turns on. I don't ask what my hair is looking like. We just go on, you know, like (laughs) there was one video where Terry turned the camera on and he said, (laughs) what
3: did he say? Look,
2: all that stuff
0: Which, what you do with all that shit all over your face? <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's not
1: YouTube friendly.
0: <laughs> he said, "What you do with all that shit all over your
1: face?"
0: And then I said, "What?" And then I said, "What? What? What, what do I have?" And then I said, "I, I don't know what I have." My... And then he was he was acting like it was like accusatory. Like, "What do you do with all that shit?" All over
2: I was your only kidding, mean, I, I always he's like that.
0: <laughs> he was kidding, yeah. but it's. It's funny because it's, it's like that. And it's just us. It's just us. And I think that if for me, the deeper message, um, you know, yes, do, do we want to reach an audience that believes that maybe they travel or ex, exploration of the world and adventure is not for them, that it can be mm-hmm. that it is accessible to you. It's accessible to to anybody who really wants it, and you know, is willing to make certain sacrifices to have it. Like I said, I didn't drive the nice car out here. You know, I didn't have a car payment because my beat up ass Jeep was paid off. But that wasn't important to me. You know, could I have had that instead of doing as many vacations or whatever? Yeah, but that's not what was important to me. It was exploring. Like a, the little joke is. People call me Dora the Explorer. Like, I just, you know, like, let's go, backpack. and Let me go and explore. Mm -hmm. And um, so one, that it's accessible Mm -hmm. to people um, of color as well. Also um, being comfortable with yourself and that we don't have to follow a script, that we don't have to look a certain way all the time, that we just are also our love like showing that part like Mm -hmm. i really really love this guy (laughs) and i really love her A a lot a lot and i really feel like sharing our relationship and sharing the way we love one another um is important and inspiring and um i feel like um that, if anything, is I want us to be able to inspire, you know, others just to be, again, comfortable with who they are, comfortable with themselves, grounded within themselves, and to be able to kind of move through life like water rather than always fighting and, you know, grinding and pushing, um, you know, like we typically do out here. And we're always hearing that that's the way to do it. You know what I mean? You got to work hard, you got to fight, you got to struggle to have something and that. I don't feel like that's why we're here, you know?
1: Yeah. It's kind of yeah. this, you got to work hard, you got to struggle so you can get stuff. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel like what, I mean, the most important thing for me, for us, mm-hmm. and that I think that most people realize, especially when you open up that part of your mind and, um, those parts of your brain that are, you know, locked up, um, you know, again, I'm going back to the psilocybin thing a little bit, but what you realize is that love and relationships are like the most important thing. That's, that's it. And if you have that, and if you have first love for self, you can share that and you don't have to have, you know, all the stuff to have the most important thing.
1: And so, kind of looking at where you're at now, you know, not only physically but also just like mentally, spiritually. Let's fast forward. Kind of creative works do you want to be putting out there in the future?
0: Ooh, you want to take it because we've talked about this. Yeah,
2: go ahead. We 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 want to do a a a travel show. uh, Actually, Uh, we're we're going to uh, Southeast Asia at the end of the year. uh, Oh wow! For three months. So we're going to do, uh, Thailand, um, the Philippines, Vietnam, um, Bali. So, uh, we definitely would like to do a travel show that, that, that explores, uh, different cultures, um, the food, the people, the spirit, their spirituality, uh, religious practices. Um, and, and, and this put stories, you know, that we, that we tell Out in the world you know about those people and those stories and in those countries and um so yeah that's where we want to go with it really
0: that's exactly what we want to do we've Mm -hmm. been exploring that in quintana Roo, uh also Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff we we haven't put on tape um because um, there are a lot of healing practices um in in mexico i knew that there was a reason personally for me that I, that I was drawn to Mexico. Like I, and I had met a healer before we left. Um, I told her that I wanted to learn about these practices, that I'm also a healer, but I wanted to not come to Mexico and be arrogant in the, having this idea that I, you know, I knew everything from here. Like these, these, indigenous practices are amazing and I knew nothing about them and I really just wanted to learn and so I got there and we went to the the same healer that we had met and she said you know remember me when you come back I'll be like a godmother you're your madrina and I'll share these things with you and when I got there I didn't feel like she remembered me and, um, I said, you know, do, do you have any events coming up or whatever? And she said, Oh, I well, hear some information for a full moon ceremony that's coming up on the beach. And Terry and I went and he said, are you excited to see her? And I said, honestly, I don't think she's going to be there. Mm. And I don't know that it's her that's supposed to teach me. I had this idea or this thought that someone was supposed to teach me some things. And so, um, we, we got to the full moon ceremony and we were being cleansed with copal. Um, it's a resin. And uh, the Mayans have used it for centuries um, to cleanse, right? It's like sage, uh, like the same type of thing. So she was cleansing me. And when this woman, and when she was done, she said, I have a message for you. <laughs> she said, they told me to tell you that, that, or they told me that people follow you that you you lead people and that you are full of light and that your light guides people and um, I was taking it back for a second and I showed her this. <laughs> I have the word light tattooed on my on my um, arm. And she said, "You give me tingles all over my body."
3: <laughs> <And> <laughs> it was the
0: sweetest thing. Anyway, um, and then she also had a message for Terry to play, to play like a child, to to let go of all the heaviness, the kind of that he takes on for everybody, all the responsibility, but just to be light.
2: Yeah, I mean- Childlike and stuff.
0: Childlike and to play. And I knew that was my message as well. I've been raising kids since I was 16. So for me, it was like, you know, this, this is a whole new chapter for us to play and be light and so we've been exploring those practices. We filmed one of them. We did at the Mescal ceremony. there um, For those of you who don't know, it's like um, like a sweat lodge type of thing. but um, in this tradition, it's like entering a mother's womb. and, uh, and then they, there's three parts and they um, add lava rocks and it becomes very, very hot. and things come up. You know, things really come up. And so for us, we're not just there to like show it or let's go do it to blah, blah, blah. Like we're really participating mm-hmm. and getting what we need to get and taking and and learning and sharing and communing with others and kind of, you know, building a community. Mm-hmm. And that feels really good. And that's what we would like to share, you know, with others as well, like this Kind of, there, there are more ways than you know what we see advertised on TV with all the side effects that you know are longer than than <laughs> what the medicine is there for.
3: Right.
0: There, there are other ways of healing, and better ways of healing, amazing ways of healing that have been around for hundreds of thousands of years. Mm -hmm. and uh we'd love to share that and explore that
2: yeah we and we have all we have those things filmed we we just haven't released them yet because like we want to make sure we 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 show them in a good light in a great light you know and um i just want to make sure we stick the landing with those edits because um it's a lot of good information and and stuff that people it'd be cool for people to see and and to experience yeah so yeah we
1: have Gigs upon gigs and upon gigs of footage. <laughs> so what you're saying is from Amazon you've ordered a lot of hard drives. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I, I had
1: one come in yesterday. Yeah. No, I had one come in yesterday actually. So yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got four. Yeah,
0: we're excited to share it. Yeah.
1: I think one of the things that kind of tripped me out when I went to Mexico the first time, which we went to Tulum and then Playa del Carmen was like you always hear how the minds have disappeared. Right, I was like no, no, no. They're they're right there. Like he tried to sell me a calendar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're there. <laughs> they're there.
0: Burning copal. <laughs> I love they're the there. copal.
2: Yeah, he loves it. Oh, yeah, we brought some back. Yeah.
3: So but- for
1: those people who are, you know, kind of where you were at in the beginning, you know, just getting started, thinking about, I'm going to start my YouTube channel, or I'm going to become a filmmaker or an actress, knowing what you know now what would you tell them at the beginning of their creative journey?
2: This is going to sound so cliche, but just do it. Like, write that story. Uh, pull out that camera. Um, you know, because like when we start, like she said, I'll just pull out a camera. I'll just make videos, really just home videos. And then because I am a filmmaker, I was like, oh, there might be a little story here and I can put it together and it might be kind of cool. So, um, but I would not have had that even thought about it, had I just not shot anything, <laughs> so you have to. It doesn't matter, and you have to be comfortable with not. You have to be comfortable with growing and learning. It's not going to be perfect the first few times. It might not even be good, but it's you're 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 better than half the people because you you did it. You know, you know what I'm saying? So you have to um not be scared and how you're going to look or how it's going to how it's going to read or whatever you have to just have find the courage to do it and 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 find the courage to keep on doing it and not to get discouraged when it's not how you thought it was gonna how you thought it was going to be and like nobody's you're you're a writer director like whatever's on the page is never what comes at the final edit you see the story changes you know so even, even big Hollywood movies, you know, they always say the final uh, draft of any story is the is the final edit. So he, at the beginning, they don't know what's going to be. So all I'm saying is just begin it, just do it, and and be comfortable with the journey. And if you keep if you keep uh, doing it, you can go back and see your growth. And it might be just a little bit here and a little bit there, but um, by the time you get you know a year or a few years in, you'll you'll see a whole, (laughs) you know, a whole stuff, a lot of stuff that you've grown from, um, just by continuing to do it and, and, and learning, like there's a lot of, I'm going on a thing there, but like you can go on YouTube and learn anything. You can learn how to, um, you know, how to edit, how to, how to add sound, how to, you know, color correct. I need to learn how to color correct. Yeah, we but... haven't, done yet. <laughs> 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 I haven't learned that part yet. <laughs> you know, but it's a lot of things. Everything you want to that you want to learn is on YouTube. You you gotta be very specific, with, specific, specific about you know what you search. You know, there's no reason why you you can't just start it.
0: You know, not not going into it thinking you know uh, how many people are gonna follow me and how how am I gonna make money? Blah blah blah. You know terry and i have just we just started sharing and you know we still only have like 400 and something you know followers Mm. and and we've seen that's why it was so encouraging for us when people came up to us on the street in mexico and we're like we moved here we were like what we didn't even know anybody was watching our shit (laughs) like we were like seriously like we're you're watching like you care and they're like oh yeah well we've watched this and this and this and well one guy from canada Hmm. said well we didn't watch your wedding so but
3: (laughs) (laughs) we've
0: just been sharing a lot of it was just for family you know what i mean and and thank yous and so i said to terry you know maybe maybe this could be something you know we don't know and and we've just now come up with the idea of Maybe we can turn this into a show that, you know, because we're both passionate about this type of thing, that maybe we could actually build a career around this, what we're already doing, um, what we're already doing authentically, naturally. This just feels good to us. We're just sharing. And again, like you said, it's not in order to. It's just because we're sharing something Mm -hmm. that we're passionate about that we love and that we're doing together. And that feels really, really good.
1: Feels great. Because at the end of the day, you know, you are the separator, you know, what's, I think, especially when you're, I know it was for me when I was starting, I was a director, I was trying to figure out what's the right idea that Mm -hmm. will get you noticed when, I mean, let's face it, Hollywood has millions of dollars. They can, if they want an idea they can go buy that idea. What's the thing that will separate you from the rest of the people is kind of knowing who you are, what you bring to the table, your personal perspective on how you view the world and the ability to tell that through a film or a piece of media. You 1000% correct on that. And that's the
0: advice I would give is just be yourself Mm -hmm. know who you are. Mm -hmm. Don't do anything for anybody else. Young actors coming up, I say the same thing. I've given some advice to some children of friends who are getting into this industry. This industry will swallow you up if you don't know who you are. Be grounded in who you are first. Don't try to be anything anyone else wants you to be. Be grounded in who you are. Be good with that and have happiness come from within. Happiness comes from within. It doesn't come from without, right? It's like, let that be. Who you are, generate your own happiness, generate your own sense of self, and then be that,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and and you're gonna win. You'll always win
2: for sure.
1: Where can everybody find you guys? Well, you can find us on YouTube
2: at uh, Nomadic Journey with Carmen and Terry. Um, you can find us on Instagram. What is it? Nomadic Journey, nomadic dot journey underscore. Right. <laughs> and then uh um, we're so prepared we're so that. prepared with that <laughs> like, yeah i'm sorry about that so yeah it's at nomadic.journey underscore on instagram um and then you can find me at at terry jingles on
0: instagram and at carmen serrano on instagram yeah
2: okay that's that's where we're at
0: <laughs> or in mexico you know what i'm saying or southeast asia or <laughs> yeah around the world somewhere come say hi. say hi please say hi please say hi please say
2: hi it's always makes our day yeah i'm yeah. telling you like those i can't explain that feeling those when those people did that five if i five different times like five
0: different times yeah and we're like it's oh fair. my god we're freaking out yeah. yeah
2: there was a couple we would sit next to on the uh in, beach. in the beach and that we was there for like hours and then like she went out in the ocean and ended up talking to him uh, and then he was you know asked her have you been in the so uh Pole Bush. Pole Bush? And she's like, Yeah, and she's like, Oh, I knew that was you. I saw your video, <laughs> and they were had been sitting next to us the whole time. So I'm like, Damn, they, did we sad. say anything crazy when we no. were talking here? Like, <laughs> sitting next to like, they knew who we were the whole time. <laughs>
0: we say things crazy on the channel, so I mean, whatever crazy thing you hear us saying,
2: yeah, that's what it is. It's just who we are, <laughs> we're just being us. <laughs> we're just being us, yeah,
1: <laughs> Terry Carmen. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for, you know sharing your story giving advice sharing the journey that you've been on looking at you two, i could just like see the peace and and the happiness uh oh, yeah. just all over your faces and thank you whenever you go back to mexico have a safe trip and hopefully i'll find myself out there soon and Yay. we can all hang out at the beach please we do man we thank you so that. much
3: thank for, you maris
2: thank you for, for having us man this was awesome Yes.
1: Mix creator is a blended future project to find out more go to blendedfutureproject.com. if you want to listen to more episodes or if you'd like to be a guest in the podcast go to morrislidica.com slash podcast that's m-a-r-i-s-l-i-d-a-k-a.com slash podcast if you want more insight and advice get my newsletter it goes out every single monday morning just go to morrislidica.com slash newsletter and you can go ahead and sign up thanks for listening and i'll see you in the next episode Thank mm-hmm. you.